Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Pony Stampede Podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Billy Embody, coming at you on Tuesday of SMU Tulane Week, getting you the preview podcast a little early uh, because, of course, SMU takes on Tulane on Thursday night at 6.30 in Ford Stadium on ESPN. Big game for SMU to showcase the program. And look, we're going to get to the biggest news, though, of the week, uh, which is the realignment bombshell that dropped uh, as SMU is now going to be a part of an AAC that is expected to add six schools from Conference USA. Uh, the news breaking late Monday night, or Monday night and uh, being reported on all Tuesday. Uh, funny enough, we had uh, media availability with SMU because of the short week on Tuesday. Sonny Dyke said it all came together so fast that he really hadn't seen all the teams being added and so couldn't really comment on his thoughts about those uh, programs being added, which are Charlotte, Florida Atlantic, North Texas, Rice, UAB, and UTSA. And this is all a result of the trickle-down effect that Oklahoma and Texas started when they bolted for the SEC. Sources tell uh, Action Network and Yahoo Sports uh, that the schools plan to begin play in the AAC as early as 2023. We'll see what happens uh, when uh, or we'll see what happens as far as the timing of their um, play beginning in the AAC. Of course, the AAC lost UCF, Cincinnati, and Houston, and tried to get teams like Air Force, Boise State, Colorado State, and San Diego State uh, to leave the Mountain West uh, and join uh, the SM, uh, join the AAC. But instead, what will happen now is uh, this group of six teams will join the AAC, uh, which, by the way, uh, fended off, or said that um, they didn't want, uh, at least according to uh, the reports, that they didn't want a merger with the CUSA, uh, which results in the AAC gutting them. And so, all right, I, there are a lot of opinions that this will absolutely shut down SMU. This is the end of the world. Uh, it's time to move on from football. All of those things, the takes on the board are pretty incredible if you're not a Pony Stampede subscriber. And let me be very clear. I don't think this is an this is a great thing for the conference, but it's necessary. They had to add schools. They tried. Um, I was even told today the Colorado State was willing, but once Air Force decided to stay, uh, they opted to go ahead and stay. So the the final result of of these schools coming in is is not for a lack of trying for other better options. I would say that if you look at adding Florida Atlantic, UAB, and UTSA, and even Charlotte to an extent, it's it's adding some teams that are that are playing pretty good football, in my opinion, right now. And 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 UAB uh, having a good storyline, you know, almost losing football uh, and and bouncing back um, to where they're getting a new stadium, their third in, in CUSA. Um, and if you look at adding Charlotte, Florida Atlantic. Um, you know, those are two teams that are in different kind of stratospheres right now. Florida Atlantic has been good in the past. They're sit at three and three overall. Uh, Charlotte sitting atop the CUSA East at four and two. UTSA seven and zero under Jeff Trailer. Uh, funny enough, UTEP six and one right now, uh, three and zero in the league. Uh, that kind of caught my eye just going through everything. And then UAB five and two uh, on the verge of being bowl eligible yet again. And then you have North Texas and Rice, and uh, uh, who are really kind of dragging everything down. 
uh, in terms of the ads right now, I would say, and, and people are also going to roast, you know, SMU, Rick, SMU AD Rick Hart for being on the committee that worked on this. I think you have to look at this in a couple of different areas. And also, as far as the future of SMU football goes, you have to look at this in a couple different areas. So what does this change for SMU right now? Nothing. They still have to win big. They still have to pay Sonny Dykes and his staff and get contracts done and probably do that at an even more um, rapid pace. Get those contracts done. Get those deals done. Pony up the money. Get the staff locked in place as best you can. And then they need to nail the football operations building that the, the program is working on. And then from there... Uh, down the line, work on the stadium renovation uh, if they still want that to be a priority, which I would have to believe they do. Uh, it's a facility that needs an upgrade no matter what. But as and then on SMU's fo SMU football side of things, they still have to win big and have a very strong finish to the season. So, in the current status. This does not change anything as far as what SMU has to do this season, what the administration has to do from a football side of things, but they have to move quickly. And the reason I say that is because you have a coaching staff now that is looking ahead to the future, which is not inspiring, I would say, in terms of the teams being added, and now saying, okay, can you win with this? Well, if you want to convince them that they can, they need to be paid, which we covered on last week's podcast. The football operations building has to come together and they still have to win big. And if SMU can go through this season and finish 11 and one or find a way to beat Cincinnati, that is good for the future of SMU football. And then you can keep building off of what you have built. If those things don't happen for whatever reason, then I would say it is time to worry. It's time to worry about will Sonny Dyke stay? Will some of these coaches stay? But ultimately, this staff has been built and brought together and meshed well because they all enjoy coaching together. And they want reasons to stay and keep building what they've built here so far. The future of the AAC does not look as good as it is right now um, or before this day, even though everyone knew that you had to add teams anyway, right? You have to get to at least 12. They opted to go to 14, and people are going to say it's going to bring the TV contract down. I think it will as well, but you were already anticipating that when UCF, Houston, and Cincinnati all departed anyway. So now you add teams that can fulfill a TV contract, whatever that is, some teams with some interesting stories, some teams that have been good. It's just not UCF, Cincinnati, and Houston. But where were you going to go and get UCF, Cincinnati, and Houston-level programs when a Boise State and, and programs like Air Force or Colorado State or San Diego State opted to stay where they were? And that's where you have to kind of separate things as well because SMU's next two years were going to be focused on 
doing everything they could to be in position for the next round of realignment. And the future still looks tough in terms of that. But what SMU has to do is win and take care of Sonny Dykes and the operate and the uh, facility improvements. That's still the goal. That's still what has to happen. And whether you have donors that now are a little bit more skeptical, which makes it harder to raise money, you got to find a way. And that's what I think people have to remember. SMU is now in position, and we knew this before last night, to be in position to win a league that is, without a doubt, watered down without UCF, Cincinnati, and Houston, but still a league that had Memphis, Tulsa, uh, Navy, Tulane, programs like that. And remember, SMU has not won the AAC. And the closest they've gotten in the last however many years was a Conference USA Divisional Championship. So those thinking that SMU has brought a ton to the table as far as the Big 12 in the past, when the past realignment happened, when UCF, Cincinnati, and Houston got plucked, are ones that also need to reevaluate probably their stance on what the future looks like. Because for me, when I look at this, like I said earlier, the future of the AAC with these six teams added is not where it was with UCF, Cincinnati, and Houston, obviously, in the mix. And it's not something that is going to make you think that this league is destined to stay at the level it is, which was going to be hard to do anyway with no matter what teams you added into the mix. But... SMU has to control what it can control. And that's my whole point here. And that is signing Sonny Dykes to the extension, getting the coaching staff taken care of, taking care of football ops. And on the coaching staff side of things, they're going to win big, which is still the case. Because SMU sits at 6-0. and They can end up 8-4. and They can end up 12-0. and They can end up 11-1. and But that you still have to win. And so if you look at the future of this program over the rest of this season and the 2022 season, if you're still playing your UCF, Cincinnati, Houston, you've got to win. And that's what it comes down to because the future of SMU football is now, quite honestly, going to be defined by how these next two seasons go, how they finish in 2021 and how they do in 2022. Because you have the stockpiled group of talent that is going to be playing, as of now, the same schedule that is in place. And if UCF, Cincinnati, Houston leave and get in and start playing in the Big 12 in 2022, that can change things. But it also opens up SMU's chances, again, to win big, win a league. Something SMU has not done. To be considered at all in the future realignment, and we've said this, the number one thing is winning. And SMU has to do that and do it in a big way. So if you're looking for me to give you a positive or anything like that as far as the other teams that are being added, I have a tough time doing that. I don't think it is as bad as the shut the program down crowd thinks. I didn't necessarily agree that North Texas and Rice would be the ones that they should bring in. 
But Rice, quite honestly, is where SMU football was years ago. Academic institution in a major metroplex. That's what that's what Rice brings to the table. North Texas, right now, I don't think they bring too much. UAB, we know the, the feel-good story about how the program was saved. Bill Clark's doing a good job there. UTSA, led by Jeff Trailer, playing well, undefeated. Charlotte, Will Healy's done a really good job there, building that program up from nothing. Florida Atlantic also has some buzz. That's about it. It certainly doesn't make the conference any better in basketball, that's for sure. So the time is now for SMU to win big and make its run. Because they can be at the top, top, top of this conference this year and next year when it matters. And when it matters a little bit less when these teams enter the mix, they still need to do very, very well and win big. None of that has changed. I think people are disappointed in the teams that are added. I would say I'm in that boat. But as far as the future goes, you can't alter, you can't, you can't have one opinion where, okay, SMU needs to keep paying Sonny Dykes and his staff and do all these things, but also want to shutter the program. SMU has to stay with its foot on the pedal in terms of trying to get a deal done for Sonny Dykes and his staff Put the pedal down on the football operations building. Even if, at, here's the thing with this new building too, it sets up the program for the next, hopefully, 15, 20 years as far as a facility that is going to be in the 21st century and one of the top facilities in outside of the elite, elite, elite of college football. I mean, we talked with Nolan Matthews earlier this year and he already said that SMU has better facilities than when he was at Arizona State. Food's better, facilities are better. So if SMU can add to its setup for the future of football, because SMU isn't going to drop football or do any of the, those things, it has to happen now that they make this run at these coaches and at these facilities. So nothing changes, in my opinion, in the current status of what SMU football has to do, what the university has to do, and what's on tap as far as their goals go these next two seasons. It was a bombshell piece of news, certainly one that you know a lot of people really didn't expect, but put your head down, go win a league, first of all. Again, SMU hasn't done that, and see how the chips fall. So, you know, I think there's... There's a, there's a lot of emotions right now. Obviously something that is, is catching a lot of people and, and making them think, well, maybe it's just time to shut it down. It's really not. It's time to keep the pedal down, keep pushing. However you get it done, this is a job for Rick Hart, President Turner, all the, all the boosters, everything like that, to set up SMU's future for football with a chance to stay atop or to get to the top of a conference and stay there. And if this is gonna cause everyone to shut it down as far as support goes, then you need to reevaluate keeping Sonny Dykes, doing this, doing that, and coming up with another plan where SMU is going to be in the middle of the pack 
of this new conference. All the pieces are there for SMU to run the show in this new conference if they're still there after the next round of realignment. And the pieces are there for SMU to be at the top of the AAC over the next two seasons when it's strong. And that's the most important thing right now. We'll tackle the new schools coming into the league whenever they do. But they're not coming in tomorrow. SMU's not hitting the road to face Charlotte next weekend. They're not bussing down to Rice to face the Owls. They have bigger things ahead of them right now, and that's where the focus needs to stay. Taking care of all the things SMU has to do off the field with regards to coaches and facilities, and on the field, the team winning big, that's what matters right now. We'll obviously have time to digest this move more. Like I said, not encouraged at all by the teams that were added. But no one was going to have UCF, Cincinnati, and Houston walking through the door again for, for, for the AAC. So they've added these teams, keep the contract as best they can with ESPN. And now it's time for SMU to just do its part and win big. That'll start with a Thursday night matchup against Tulane, a team that's obviously played Oklahoma really tough already this year, a team that is a lot better probably than its 1-5 record. You know, Willie Fritz has done a good job. Uh, this is a, a team that always plays hard. It's got a six-game losing streak against SMU, but four of the last five losses to SMU have been decided by four points or less. Last year, SMU went to New Orleans, Won in overtime, 37-34. Pretty unreal game, you know, just watching it. Tulane even played Houston uh, strong, I felt like. 40-22 loss last week, or in their last game against Houston on October 7th. SMU has to really, you know, take care of business against Michael Pratt, who gave them some troubles at times last year. Um, certainly a team that, that has some athletes, uh, just talking with all the players that we have on, on Tuesday, a lot of them mentioned the athletes that Tulane has on both sides of the ball. Tulane gets after it, 19th nationally, averaging seven tackles for loss per game. Uh, they're going to really have to be able to protect up front, do all those things, uh, continue to be one of the top offensive lines in the country in terms of protecting Tanner Mordecai. And coming off a bye, SMU has to come out and start fast. And it's been a struggle at times this year to start fast and really put the pedal down. Now more than ever with this Thursday night game, again, a showcase on ESPN. SMU has to start fast. They're well rested. Is that a good thing? We'll find out. Sonny Dykes, you know, he even told me today, he said, you know, uh, don't really love a bye week when your team's playing well and winning. Makes a lot of sense. SMU had a chance to get a little healthier, get some guys some work. Focus on the fundamentals. We'll see if Ulysses Bentley and Jordan Curley play. But other than that, I think everybody else is going to be back. Um, I'm not saying both of those guys are out, but I'd be a little surprised if they play at this point um, and, and go from there. Uh, starting fast is key. Like I said, I mean, I think this is a game that SMU can get the green wave on the, on the mat pretty early. Um, but Tulane's also run the ball really well. They led the American in rushing last year um, and have run for 200 yard, over 200 yards in 16 games. 
uh, dating back to 2019. Uh, they're committed to the run. Michael Pratt can move around. And they're good on special teams, too. Um, so I, I think, you know, this is a game that, again, we look at uh, earlier in the season when the news about the Big 12 realignment happened. SMU came out, got wins, um, didn't worry about it um, too much in their play. And I think that's the big thing from talking with the team, watching them this year. They don't care too much about the outside noise. And I think that's important uh, when you're looking at, you know, again, this is where you have to be able to separate what's happening now and what could happen down the line um, for both fans and the team. Because SMU is still a very good football team, ranked in the top 25, number 19, coming in this week in the poll, uh, 19 and 21. SMU still got a lot ahead of itself um, to win and to play for. Um, you know, you've got to be able to, uh, you've got to be able to separate all that and play well. I think for SMU going into this game and starting this back half of the season, a strong start, a convincing win on national television would go a long way. Both teams coming off an open date, you know, I think this is certainly one that um, odds are, based on the last few times they've met, probably going to be closer than everybody thinks it should be. Uh, for me, I think SMU is going to be able to take care of business, move to 7-0. and When you look at uh, why SMU is going to be able to take care of business, it, it just starts up front. You know, both sides of the ball, um, SMU's favored by almost two touchdowns. I think that's going to be about what it is. Um, I could see SMU coming away with a 35 um, 35-20 win covering as well. Um, I, I just think coming off the bye, I'd like to see SMU come out with a fast start. They haven't shown it as much this year um, and a complete fast start. I think both teams are going to have a couple things up their sleeves to try and shake things up and wake their players up coming off the open date. Uh, but I'm going to go ahead and pick SMU 35-20 in this one. I think the Mustangs get it done and move to 7-0. and So um, kind of the preview there for you guys on the on the Tulane game. A couple other housekeeping notes um, as far as recruiting goes. SMU did offer Rhett Larson, uh, who A.J. Ricker went out and saw Friday night in his game in person. Uh, the AM consolidated uh, offensive lineman. Uh, SMU, quote-unquote, lost a commitment from Corey Hendricks, who uh, is opting to not play football in college. Uh, and they've been high on Rhett Larson. He camped over the summer. Uh, he got on campus multiple times, and they went ahead and offered him. If, if I had to peg it right now, I would think that SMU uh, ends up with Rhett Larson uh, at a college station to kind of add to this offensive line hall. He's somebody that we're going to evaluate on 24-7 sports now that his senior film is out. 6'5", 280. I think he could be an offensive tackle. He could be a guard. He could even be a center. Um, and I think it's a really good fit uh, for him to end up at SMU. A good offer here. I watched his tape. Um, over the weekend, uh, and I and I think that you know SMU's you're going to start to see some of these offers go out, and 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 them to evaluate some of these players uh, that they're still going after. You know, I think they're they're looking for some flip candidates, which we're going to touch on in a piece this week, probably on Friday, uh, with some of these uh, flip targets that they've had. Uh, they've had a few on campus. They've gone and uh, saw a few in person. 
Uh, I think they're going to host a couple on official visits as things uh, get closer down the stretch to the early signing period. Uh, but that's kind of a recruiting note that I wanted to pass along. Rhett Larson picks up his SMU offer. I think it's a big one for him, and it wouldn't shock me if uh, he ended up a Mustang when things are all said and done. Uh, Jordan Hudson, uh, big shout out to him. He is on an absolute tear this season. I think the future is really, really bright for him. Obviously, SMU's top commit on the 24-7 sports composite in the class. And uh, I think he is going to be somebody that if Danny Gray and Reggie Robertson, uh, of course, Reggie Robertson's leaving, but if Danny Gray leaves too, he could be in for some early playing time, kind of in that Jordan Curley, Rasheed Rice mold um, as far as what he brings to the table. He's been awesome. So I wanted to also uh, give a shout out to Jordan Hudson for the work he's doing on the field this year. So hope that kind of shares my thoughts on the realignment uh, buzz with the AAC and what's about to happen down the down the line with these six new teams being added, as well as giving you a look at the Tulane game. But we'll continue to track it from SMU's end of things on realignment and what the future looks like for SMU football. But some things they have to take care of in the present for all those things to work out. So hope you guys enjoyed this edition of the Pony Stampede podcast. Give us a follow, leave us a rating, leave us a review. We appreciate it. Um, and also check out PonyStampede.com as SMU enters the back half of the season looking to get over the hump and become an AAC championship contender in the realest sense of the word, make an appearance, win it. They're going to have to get through this, this tough stretch of games in the back half of the season to do that. So we'll be following it all on PonyStampede.com and hope to see you guys on the site. Appreciate all you guys who have subscribed as of late. So we'll catch you next time on the podcast after SMU plays Tulane Thursday night at 630 in Ford Stadium. Hope everyone has a great week and we'll catch you next time.